What's up and welcome to Wait Hold Up Podcast with Jessica Molina and Yarel Ramos. Each week, tune in as we have unfiltered conversations about careers, relationships, wellness, feminism, and of course, we'll often be joined by guests you either know or should know who will share their humor, knowledge, and their very own Wait Hold Up moments with us. Here at Wait Hold Up, we want you to feel like you found your crew, your girls who you can do life with. Listen, it's a crazy world out there and we can all use some help in our efforts to live our best lives. We don't have all the answers, but we're down to figure it out together. Thanks for listening. Here's our latest episode of Wait, Hold Up. What's up, everybody? Hey. Welcome back to Wait Hold Up. I'm Jessica. I'm Yarel. We're back. We are, we are back. back. And we are recording right now, not in my kitchen. Yes. <laughs> we are in a hotel room. How about that? We upgraded, we upgraded. if you want to say that. It's, it's, we're literally on a bed. Yes, and, we are. you know, just having a great time. And I think, actually, yes. this episode is probably the most perfect episode for us to record on a bed. On a bed about the subject and with our guest today. Yes. Was amazing and fabulous. We absolutely love her, mm-hmm. uh, Christine Gutierrez. Uh, she's a Latina psychotherapist, love addiction expert, life coach, and expert in trauma, abuse, self-esteem. She currently is residing in Puerto Rico. Hey. Um, has a bachelor's from Fordham University in human behavior and a master's from the City College of New York in mental health counseling with a focus on community and prevention. You see her on social media. She runs social media advocating for women, supporting women, and giving us tools to live, uh, like Oprah says, our best lives. Yes, So, Christine, hey, girl. Welcome to the (laughs) podcast. So excited to be here on a bed talking about the things I love. (laughs) Yes, and just to give you guys all context, Christine is also under the comforter. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you need to know, like, how. She was like, oh, where do you want me to go? Okay, I'm going to sit on the bed. And next thing I know, she's, like, shimmying (laughs) under the comforter. I'm, like, so cozy right now. I feel so at home. This is the best way to chat about these deep topics, right? Yes. So at what point in your life did you decide that you wanted to dedicate yourself to helping other women empower themselves, figure out how to move past any trauma, any pain, and any anguish to, you know, really live their best lives and most fulfilled lives? Yeah, I think that I always tell people that since a young age, I always felt this like deep desire to help alleviate suffering, you know, so I was like, eight years old. And I remember telling my mom in Bushwick in Brooklyn, where I grew up, mom, like, can I go talk to that homeless person? Can I ask them what happened to them? Can I ask them? Where's their mom? Where's their dad? What's their story? You know, so I joked that I was like a baby therapist. (laughs) And I was like being inquisitive about like what went wrong? What was the trauma that happened that led them to be here? Mm -hmm. And ultimately not having the words for that at the time, but knowing that I wanted to be part of the solution of, you know, there's something that went wrong. What was that thing that went wrong and how can I help? And so really just following that inner call since that age, I have constantly been working in the helping profession, whether it was tutoring and helping uh, in college, being a mentor, and then ultimately studying uh, my bachelor's in human behavior and development, getting my master's to become a therapist, and, and knowing that like there is so much work that needs to be done for women specifically for healing and then even more specifically for Latina women and women of color. Right. Can we talk a little bit about that? Because I feel that lately, uh, obviously, you know, self-care, self-help, self-love, spirituality Mm -hmm. has 
become they become like hashtags yep mm-hmm. you know and the conversation has drifted has changed uh your journey um specifically i know you share a lot about the things that you've lived yeah and the experiences that you've had with love with trauma and also the stigma that comes in with our community about not talking yep about these things not talking about mental health not talking about relationships and like all the all the stuff that they mm-hmm. leave behind yep, when they're exactly. gone you know and how we deal with it and how we talk about it um tell us a little bit about that like how do you do it being such a complex woman living in this new age of like social media having to deal with these taboos in our community and then doing this for a living yeah i mean i think that there's definitely a lot of taboo and i you know my astrological sign is a scorpio um so i like diving into the depth of things Mm. i like going into the underbelly of emotions and kind of exploring the inner world and my own inner world and being a voice for breaking free from taboo for our culture for our society and really you know sharing my personal story is part of that right like talking about how i constantly sought toxic relationships because of my childhood trauma how i would go out there and i would joke that like you know a dark joke but i would joke that like i would go into a room and like point around and like look around the room and be like you are you the most fucked up one come my way you sell drugs lovely you would be a great partner And really, you know, that went on for years. Like my story wasn't like, oh, yeah. And then magically one day I woke up. No, it was like Groundhog Day. It was like over and over and over. And like, I think that that story is not as sexy. It's not as appealing as, Mm -hmm. you know, just one day I woke up and everything changed. Um, So I share about my personal story. And for me, not sharing was not part of my personality. Like I needed to share to save myself because I lived such a double life for so long that I was sharing with a few select people in the beginning. And then as I sought help, as I did the work on myself, I started to share outwardly when I felt more comfortable, this is what I'm going through. And how can I use what I've gone through to help other people in our community? Because there's so much shame around, especially relationships. And we keep our like little dirty secrets, but then you're texting your homegirl being like, hey girl, this is what I'm going through. Or like, oh my God, he didn't text me back. And we're like some of the most badass, powerful women. Mm, But like, what do we talk about with our friends? Like, how do you text someone? And what are you really sharing behind closed doors? How do you feel when your head hits the pillow at night? And that's where I like to go. Wow, that brings up so much for me because I think it, A, yes to it all. But I also think that we are in this space where so many of us think that our problems are unique to us. Right. And that we're the only ones and I must be the only one who's feeling doubt or insecurity or uncertainty. And I must be the only one who's attracting the wrong type of guy. And it's me. It's me. Nobody else knows what I'm experiencing. And I think that what you're doing is really removing, you know, the sheet. You're removing the facade and you're calling it out and saying, no, like, baby girl, this is not just you. That's right. This is all of us. And even to your point, the people that you think have their shit together the most, the people who are in positions of power, the people Mm -hmm. who have like, you know, you may see and it's glitz and it's glam going back to social media. This Mm -hmm. beautiful feed. Right, exactly. And it's like, well, I'm now comparing myself to also this image, this perception of perfection. And I'm then then you just you become more isolated in that process. Absolutely. And like you said, you know, with social media, like we. I've had the honor and the privilege to know so many powerful women, right? And that gave me permission to also be like, let's go there. What Mm. are you actually dealing with in your heart? You know, I'm not interested in having like lukewarm conversations with people. So Mm. if I meet you, 
whether we're at a conference. And that's the beauty about our culture as well, though. There is stigma. There's a lot of open hearted spaces because this next generation is really building that. You know, we all grow that conference started by Anna. Like that's been a huge way for us to all connect here. Um, Spaces that give us permission to be vulnerable about what we're actually going through. Absolutely. I would I would like to talk about relationships. Let's do it. Let's get <laughs> personal. <laughs> Let's go there. Let's yes. go there. Yeah, yeah. because we did, ha- we did have a conversation about therapy yes. a few months ago. And I think like we talked more about a different type of trauma. So right. I'm like all right, about right, let's right. get into the relationship. Let's get into relationships. Yep. Let's talk relationships because I will personally tell you, I have been that girl that's like, ah, who needs saving? Oh, yeah. You. Mm. I'm, I'm going to try to save you. Yep. Doesn't ever work. Or, you know, who's unavailable? Yeah. You. Okay, you and I. And they've become very toxic. They become these toxic relationships. I'm really good at brushing them off. So I'm really good at running Mm -hmm. and being like, okay, I'm done here. Bye. And never really doing the groundwork of like what happened, what went wrong, what did I do? Mm -hmm. Because it's never my fault. It's his fault. Mm -hmm. Always. And then years after... All that stuff comes up because I'm in another relationship yep. and it's so hard to heal. Yeah, it's like different body, same story of toxic relationship. Yeah. And how do we get to the root of that? And what is a toxic relationship? So for me, what I characterize toxic relationship is a relationship that A, brings you out of alignment with your soul. For me, your soul is connected to your higher self. That part of you that is whole, that is complete, that is orienting you towards the highest version of you that's leading you towards the good in you right toxic relationship brings you away from the good in you it pulls out those triggers that make you feel depleted that make you feel drained that make you feel codependent where you are pushing aside your own needs for the needs of someone else where you take on their pain as your own Mm. and at an emotional level it's almost like your color is being taken away from you. There's a darkness. I remember writing a poem when I was in a very toxic relationship and it was something like, you know, all my feathers have gone. Um, I was once colorful. I'm gray. And and that was like Damn. the perf- perfect definition mm-hmm. for like what what the the pain was in my body and being addicted to it because I had yeah, no that's, self-worth. That's powerful. But why, like, what does that addiction uh, feel like? How does that manifest, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's like, you there's a conscious level where you know that this isn't good for you yep but yet you continue to go back to it yeah so what satisfaction do you get that the addiction is there yeah like what how does addiction work and what's the reason for it in toxic relationships Mm -hmm. right well you know on a, a very brief explanation but like every single person has downloaded blueprints from their childhood and those blueprints impact the way we perceive ourselves negative and positive negative and positive Mm -hmm. so sometimes we don't even realize it because like you said we don't take the time to do the work we don't have the stillness because we've been so busy working hustling surviving making money being this powerful person on the one side but not really taking care of our emotional work so if you grew up in a household like i did right where there was toxic love but also love it was confusing Mm -hmm. so there was verbal abuse but there was also a lot of affection and so i had very mixed messages on what safety was right So I went on to replicate those patterns. So although consciously we know something, trauma doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. It works based on your nervous system. And so we're unconsciously choosing things. And so we have a process of being able to say, you know, this is this pattern, taking the time. And so whether you're listening to this podcast, whether you take 
a moment to journal or be with yourself to be like, let's do a sheet, get a paper and write down all the people that you've been with. Mm. And next to them, write down all the characteristics that that person had. And I had like this spiritual download the other day. Damn. Yeah. And it's hard. This is not easy because who the fuck wants to look? You don't want to go back. Yeah, to you that don't want to go there. You want to be like, uh, uh-uh, uh, never happened. Look at me. I don't know who that was. There's no I photos. I put my no shades proof. on. No yeah, one knows. Exactly. Right? But it. But our soul knows. Mm. And so we need to be able to go back to that so that we don't replicate the pattern over and over again. Or if we do, we can like turn back and finally come to a place of like, no, let me make some changes. So writing down a list of all the people you've been with, the characteristics that they had and who you were with them, Mm. who you were with them. Okay. Because everyone brings out. That's right. (laughs) And that for me is the biggest because every relationship, and I think also, I think we should speak on every relationship is gonna, you're gonna have your moments of conflict. That's right. Absolutely. You know, you're gonna have those moments where it's like, I do, you are just not the person I want to see today. And that is not what we're referring to. Right. Right, But ultimately, who does that person allow you to be? How do you show up? How do you show up? How comfortable are you in in every moment and every aspect of of who you are? Because eventually, you know, the makeup comes off. The sweats come out. In my case, it was like day one. (laughs) You know, the the belly ache is going to happen. And just emotionally, emotionally, so much is going to come up. Yeah. And that's exactly it. We're not talking about like, you know, conflict that's healthy in relationships all health all healthy relationships have some moment of conflict and healthy resolution but if 90 percent of your relationship is built on fear chaos drama you're probably in a toxic relationship mm. um if you're not feeling like you can be fully authentically yourself you're probably in a toxic relationship because overall and this is all relationships friendships colleagues romantically we should feel that the majority of the time we're supported seen loved and heard mm. um most of the time yeah. Right. And so, yeah, like making taking the time to like look at that list and seeing like who were these people and how mm. how did you respond to them? I think that's a great tool to like use. Yeah. And to start the work with the healing, right, to go back and peel off those layers, like unload those rocks from that backpack that like we carry with in life. And that sometimes you just don't want to let go of. That's what happens right. if you don't want to let go of a, you know, of a situation like that? I mean, a lot of times I, I, you know, this is like the work that I do as a therapist and specializing in toxic relationships and love addiction. I'll ask people, I'll say, how willing are you to let go today? And I give them the, the space to say, you know, it's a three out of five. Mm. Okay, cool. So let's work with a three out of five. If you're going to choose to stay and now there's layers, right? Like if you're in an abusive relationship, you need to seek support and help so that you're safe, right? If there's any mm-hmm. physical or verbal abuse to the point where you have children around, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. you need That's to have, danger, yeah. yeah, you need to have external support. But I ask people that so that we can see, you know, where they are in that process and give themselves space to say, if, if you're going to go back, can you go back and start doing external work? Can you start mm-hmm. going to therapy while you're there? Can you start going to healing classes while you're there? So I'm not forcing people to rush their healing process but I'm encouraging them to add more positive tools so that they can gain more light, gain more strength, gain more self-esteem to have the courage to leave. Because essentially what I do in my work is give people the tools to, it's almost like our bodies are like a vessel. And as we do this work, whether it be therapy or breath work or healing work or sisterhood, because you're around positive women that are like, no, that, that guy's not for you, mm. right? That we are giving people the strength and more light so they can feel more charged up to have the courage to leave. Yeah. Hmm. 
So how do you find that balance works between having people who could say, like to your point, that guy is not for you and figuring out the right balance of who can speak into your life and whose advice you're going to take, right? Because sometimes there are people who are just like, (laughs) that guy is not who they would like you to be with, but Mm -hmm. they don't know anything about the personal Mm -hmm. elements and what's Mm -hmm. happening behind closed doors, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, this is such a good question because I think, uh, you know, especially like, in Latino culture, we have so many people that have Everybody so many opinions. Opinion. Yeah, totally. I don't need your opinion. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Even with like good relationships, which yeah. you, you, you'll get into where people have opinions about that because they're triggered, right? Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, this is where therapy comes in. Um, having someone that's neutral and a trusted advisor that you can go to because you may feel too sensitive to get feedback. You know, I, if anyone is blessed enough to have like I have my um, my group of women, we actually call ourselves the puta parade. <laughs> and they're my girls. Ride like, or half dies of them, right yeah, there. They're my ride or dies. They're like, half of them are married with like kids and they're not like puteteando anymore, but like. <laughs> I love it. But, uh, but they're the girls that I go to, you know, and like we have this group of women that this, this is like our go-to sisterhood. And sometimes it is even difficult in those spaces to hear things we don't want to hear because right. sometimes we're not ready. But I would say, you know, Pick people that you feel safe with and maybe give um, some boundaries around what you feel. So like, hey, right now I just need support or like, give it to me. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to hear the things I don't want to hear. Right. Yeah. You know, right. knowing where you are and setting boundaries is important. Um, and again, having like a trusted advisor that you can go to. For sure. On your site, I think it's in your about me. Mm-hmm. You say, I fuse ancient wisdom from mystical traditions around the world and combine meditation transformational breath work and priestess goddess philosophies mm-hmm. honoring the divine feminine with modern mm-hmm. psychology yes now that's a loaded amount mm-hmm. of goodness that i don't completely understand <laughs> that's all right of it. so i would love to know a little bit about like what's this ancient wisdom that you're fusing what are these like priestess goddess what is it exactly look at that philosophy philosophy. yeah like what does that exactly mean and how do you use that in your transformational work with other women yeah so i saw that there was like a missing link i was working as a family therapist and i saw that people weren't getting the the breakthroughs that they needed with just speaking because their trauma was living in their body a lot of times people didn't want to talk they didn't have the energy to have a breakthrough because their nervous system was so used to you know being triggered and having a response they they you need a system interrupter in order to make change. And so that's where I learned breath work and breathing techniques, essentially just exercises and breathing, which allows you to calm your nervous system. Mm. Um, And then I learned priestess work, which was essentially looking at, I I actually was trained by a licensed therapist, um, this Latina woman that combined different goddesses. And she, you know, I grew up Catholic, so I had the Virgin Mary and like, you know, uh, Mary Magdalene, right? Mm -hmm. It was like the Virgin and the whore. And I was like, but I'm the virgin and the whore. Like, mm, can I be both? Yeah. And so I had a lot of conflict with that growing up. And then when I found out that there were these different goddesses from different cultures that we could learn from that embodied the fierceness, the gentleness, the different elements of um, this fierceness, softness, etc. In this priestess training, we essentially learned about these feminine archetypes and how to embody them in our own life. And for me, reclaiming um, a feminine face of the divine was a big part of me reclaiming my worth, which then turned into how I respected myself in relationships. Because if the feminine is being demonized in our Mm -hmm. religion, if it's being demonized in our culture, um, and then we see fucked up relationships, well, we really don't 
we're, we don't feel worthy in our bones. We don't mm -hmm. feel like we're divine. We don't right. feel like we're Diosa goddess, right? Yeah. And so that was a big part of me reclaiming my own feminine worth, my own divinity. And in doing that, I wanted to share that with people to be able to remind them that they are Diosa, that they are divine feminine, that they actually should be treated as, you know, I say that we should be like an altar, that mm. if you're not coming, placing flowers at our altar and devotional prayers, then I don't want you there. Mm. You know, I've gone through too much shit now at this point in my life, right? Going through that journey where I was like, I don't want that, right? Toxic relationships are really difficult. If you're in them, you're going to have these tools. You can listen to this and get support, get a therapist, you know, do the work to heal. Because on the other side of that is so much love and so much juicy, connective, healthy relatedness where you can relate to someone with respect and honor i love that God, i love that, that. Was... yes that was like juicy altar come to my altar, altar. Yeah. Like, you are flowers. Like, text your man that right, right. Hey, come i'm yeah. the altar come yeah. bring me flowers thank yeah. you although yeah. he's like right. I, he's like i remember when we first started dating you said you didn't really like flowers i was like i don't know what i was talking I was about back don't take some flowers we changed i know right um i love that you mentioned this idea of like the diosa you know and the goddess and seeing ourselves like like that you started uh, this Diosa tribe. Yes. Mm. And it's grown so much on yeah. social. You do these amazing retreats in Puerto Rico. Tell us, I'm assuming it came from that space yeah. of you like owning that in you. And what is your hope? What do you hope with it? What do you, mm. you want to go with it? Yeah, I want it to be global. I definitely want to continue to see a diverse group of women. That was another big piece that there was a I was in a lot of white spaces in the mm -hmm. wellness field and I felt like my voice was not being represented. And so I became the voice that I wanted to hear. And I wanted to make space for other Latina women and women of color to have this space to honor their divinity in a spiritual way mm -hmm. um, and, and just continue to see it. I love getting messages from people like two of my diosas that met in the community. They just met up in freaking France. Oh, that's dope. And I'm like, and they send me pictures and I'm like, you met online? through me with the diosas and i'm like i can't like every yeah. time i'm like and they're all so perfect and amazing and like the power like sisterhood is soul medicine yes it is soul medicine yes. we remind each other when we're feeling like crap like no girl you got this yeah. you know how many mm -hmm. times even us yeah like just texting each other just like oh my god this i went through this and i went through this like yeah girl me too right like you're not alone and like you're diosa you're amazing i love you i see you mm -hmm. and like we need that and so the diosa tribe for me is that I say that it's like the blood in my business. It's like mm. in, it's the root of everything that I create. And all of this work is to help heal, right? To help inspire women to heal at their core, to reclaim their diosa, their divinity in their, in their bones. What mm. does like a diosa retreat look like? Like what's a, like a, a little cliff notes, a tease? <laughs> I tell people super intense, you know, it's a, it's definitely the retreat. This is going to be the eighth year, which is so fucking wow. amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Um, it's one of my greatest blessings. And every year in Puerto Rico, and it is a spiritual surgery. It is for women that are really ready to shed skins that are old, that want to be purged, mm. to go through the root of whatever it is they went through and to rise in their worth. So it's really about women that are ready to heal from those deep wounds mm -hmm. and then reclaim their worth. So we do meditation, we do breath work, we have transformational workshops. So it's not just like me teaching at you. I bring people on this kind of shamanic journey 
where they dive into their memories. And I kind of am like this bridge between two worlds where we go back and we have like this drumming and this music and they're going into this space where they're remembering those pieces that they've lost. And so part of that like shamanic piece is bringing back the pieces of their soul that they've lost into their body. And so um, in shamanism, they would say, you know, when you've had a traumatic event, there was a susto, a scare. And so when the spirit is scared, it leaves the body and we're like, no, okay, come back. (laughs) I'm going to help them come back. Yeah. 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 And the women that you worked with, is there like a certain demographic that you find of people who tend to like reach out to you? Do you find that their stories tend to have a lot of similarities and overlap, but kind of like what we were talking about earlier, right? Like they came to you and they're like, I must be the only one. And then they're like, oh shit, it's not just me. Oh yeah. I always say I get like the fiercest, most raw women that have like gone through some shit. Right. Mm-hmm. They've gone through verbal, physical, they've gone through some kind of trauma. And if it wasn't something along the lines of verbal, physical, sexual abuse, then maybe it was just some sort of way of what I call emotional cutting yeah. where they were inflicting on themselves this really like painful, negative self-talk. And yeah. they're really looking to reclaim their self-esteem. Yeah. So most of the women that I work with are women of color. That's predominantly the women that I attract, which is like such a gift. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was very intentional. That's what I wanted. But all women. And um, lately it's been men too, which has been another gift. Yeah, Yeah, Latino men have been coming to me. I see it and I've read about it so much that just like Latino men really stepping up. Oh, yeah. And owning and going through the work and learning about it. Is there a reason why why it's been, I know it's maybe something personal, why it's in Puerto Rico and why is it so special for you to have it there? Yeah, definitely. My uh, my roots are from Puerto Rico. My family's from Puerto Rico. I'm New Yorican, so I grew Damn. up. <laughs> I grew up in Bushwick. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Jersey. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So like right over the bridge. <laughs> we have that like, you know, the merging of two worlds, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. But I always felt very Latina. I felt very Boricua. I felt very Puerto Rican. I was very connected to my roots and... I was actually, my parents were born and raised in Bushwick in the Bronx. And I was like one of the first in the family to kind of go back and mm, wow. um, live there. And I just felt that soul call. I was like, I'm going to go to Puerto Rico and connect to my ancestry. And, and there's so much power in the land, so much power mm-hmm. in our culture. And for me, it's also healing ancestral wounds. You know, we're for breaking sure. lineages of trauma. For sure. Absolutely. For Christine, sure. we know we've got to wrap up and we could honestly talk to you forever, yeah, forever. But I think for the woman or man who right now is just like getting to the start of this work, what are maybe two or three tips that you can leave with them so that they can feel empowered to take this journey of healing? Yeah, the first thing I would say is um, the tool that I shared earlier. Um, if you can get a paper and a pen, And go in, you know, Mm. go in and write down people that you've dated, their characteristics, how you were with them. And this could be sexual partners and romantic partners that don't leave out just the sexual partners. Like Mm -hmm. you want to do relationships and sexual partners. The next thing I would say is to dedicate yourself to some sort of spiritual or emotional practice. So that could be meditation. That could be breathing exercises. You can go on YouTube and look up um, alternate side nostril breathing. You could look up guided meditation you know i'm on simple habit which is an app for meditation they have tons right Mm -hmm. doing something where you're bringing in different kind of positive energy is going to be key because you need something new to break something old Mm. and um the final tip i would say is surround yourself with supportive community whether that's you know joining the free diosa tribe on facebook um i can give a link for that whether that's connecting to any kind of positive meetups in your community that are surrounding something that you're passionate about but find people that are good 
especially if you're going through a hard time because you're going to want to be reminded of your of your shine of your brilliance when you're in dark spaces you need people to remind you of your worth and i feel like I you've done that for it. us yeah. today this was, was this was amazing it was it was you beautiful are an altar <laughs> thank you right yeah. i'm an altar i'm gonna, I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna be walking into my house tomorrow like floating Marcus yeah. be like what the hell yeah. happened to you? where are my flowers where are my flowers Marco? <laughs> yes yes oh, well thank you so yeah. so much we thank will definitely you. make sure to link all of your socials yes. and the yosa yeah. tribe so everyone can follow you because i think what you're doing for your community is remarkable and I think that you're remarkable and I think that it's Thank about you. time that we started publicly having these conversations. Yep, it's long having, overdue. For sure. And then sharing what we know, what we what we've learned with each other is also super powerful so yeah thank you so much we love you i love yeah, you huge fans of your work continue to inspire and move people yes and this i we really hope that this tribe the diosa tribes continues to grow for That's you right yeah. Global domination. Yeah. <laughs> you know i think one of the things that I was most struck by Christine is her vulnerability in being so honest about her own trauma that she's gone through, her own work that she's done. And I think it takes a very special person who can use that and draw that type of inspiration to then be able to help others. For sure. And I always admire people that in their fields, like any question, we were, we were dropping questions her like, got another one, got another one. And she was just coming with the knowledge and just the wisdom of what she's learned and adapting what she's also learned from working with other people and what she's seen with other people and sharing that with you, not even, you know, calling anybody out, but just sharing also a part of her experience. I loved it because I, I'm in a relationship now. So it was just, hey, it was just very comforting to feel like it's okay also to talk about uh, past relationships and heal from things because we don't really do that. We don't sit down and say, this is what's causing me pain and where is it yeah what is it creating and what is it you know why is it generating all these other things and we don't you know we don't we're not really comfortable even to like closing doors no when it comes to trauma in relationships and you know it's interesting you say that because i know in previous episodes you had spoken prior to your relationship about feeling like you needed to close doors and feeling like you needed to essentially open yourself up and that you were distracting yourself right absolutely and do you feel like doing that work is continual like do you feel like you even in a relationship Mm -hmm. like you still have to be mindful of the work that you need to do Mm, yeah it's i feel like it's somehow some way it never fully ends like Mm -hmm. it's like we're untying knots from our past and we're like opening the uh wounds that we just put a band-aid on yeah and with other experiences come more wounds and more knots so we're just it's it's a constant untying and healing but it, it doesn't carry that much weight yeah. when you sit down and, and do the work. I mean, honest, I can, and you know this, for the first few months of the year were brutal, mm-hmm. like emotionally and my energies were just really off because I was putting in the work. Yeah. I was, and it was, it was hard. Yeah. It was tough because yeah. nobody wants to get through it. Everybody wants, I just want, okay, cry for a day and then I'm over it and I'm on the other side of, you know, what I'm feeling. No, sitting down with yourself and realizing these things and crying into your pillow Mm. and meditating and reading and literally that's the work and the work is hard. And, you know, there were days I'll be like, God, come on, throw me a bone. I know you're like, this is cruel. Yeah, you know, help me kill my sister out. I thought it was a favorite. I was, I felt that. Mm. And 
Um, and then also being, okay, I'm making space for something, but what is it that something that I want? Yeah. Because throughout all this time, I just didn't even really know what I wanted. Right. It was me trying to like take snippets and picks up from other past relationships and things that I wanted or things that I thought I wanted. And then coming into terms of like, okay, you're this woman that this is what you want to happen in your, this is what you're attracting in your life. And if you don't clear out all this space, yeah. then you won't even have it, the space in your life for that. Yeah. And then it's like, boom, relationship. What's up? <laughs> God, Jesus was like, there you go. There you there go. You Stop go. crying yeah, and acting like I don't do take the care work. of you. Yeah, I was watching over you and you had to put yeah. in the work. It's so true. And I appreciate, you know, it's interesting, right? Because you're in a new relationship. I've now been in a relationship for over four years. And I think. Do you still feel that though too with you? And yeah. Like, yeah. I think. But I appreciate what you were saying about like, there's always work to be done. Yeah. And I, it goes back to even Milana, right? When she was like, you, it's constant. It's constant. Because I find like, if I stop doing the things that make me feel at peace or whatever it may be, or, you know, that I feel like are putting me on a good path, then I kind of like lose myself a little bit. Right. And it's because I think what it is about remembering in a relationship is that it's so easy to look at the other person and be like, this is what I need from you. And mm. also, I think the longer that you're in a relationship, the more you look to that person yeah. and start asking them for more and more and more of themselves to make you feel more complete. Right. And I think that being in a relationship now, I mean, I know four years isn't the longest time, but it's also not a little bit of time. No, it's I've lasted time. longer than most Kardashian marriages. Yeah. So I think, you know, in that it is important for me to then stop and say, wait, I'm asking too much of you. It is about me and knowing when it's about the other person and knowing when it's about just you. That's like, because so true. I am the one person that I need to love all the time and be in love with. I mean, and I'm in love with my partner, but this is the person, whether or not he's here, if I'm on the road, I go everywhere with myself. So the yeah. work that I'm doing, it's not about like the work I'm doing for a relationship. It's that if I'm constantly doing the work on myself, I'm inadvertently doing work for my relationship because I'm making myself the best version of myself yes. so that every person that I interact with is getting the better version of me. Yes, that's um, what it is. That's so. what's up. And, and coming and realizing that, you know, yeah. realizing that it sometimes it's not external. You're yeah. not going to find it anywhere else. It's not going to come. There's not like a set like to-do list mm -hmm. or a, a list that you have to check off to for you to be it in that space. It's daily. It's catching yourself, you know, totally. and, and calling yourself out even at times yeah. when when you're not stepping into your best self or when you're not in a good space and right. being like, mm, girl, girl, you need yeah. to sit down and meditate for like mm -hmm. 20 minutes because you're not in that mindset. And when things come up, because things come up, we get triggered. Totally. From, Ooh. you know, how many times I even in my relationship now, like little things come up and I'm just like, ooh, it's bringing back that situation. Yeah. Like, why, why, why did it bother? Yeah. Why is it bothering me? Mm -hmm. Well, maybe it has nothing to do with him. It has things to do with me and yeah. things that I've experienced in the past. Yeah. But it's so much easier to be like, I don't like that you do that. Yeah. I don't. I'm that's not going to. And it's just a part of who he is. Yeah. And it's like, you better, you need to change that. Yeah. Because it just resonates and it creates a domino effect and other things that I've been through. Yeah. So, I mean, and it, and it goes back to like a lot of other relationships, not just romantic friendships, our relationships with our parents, our relationships mm. with our siblings, like a lot of the work that I was putting. I mean, remember, I went to that 10 day meditation that I think also opened up a lot of these things. That oh, my I, God. I was compressing I only, yeah. so much. And I was like, I feel so great and I feel so light. 
But it was because it opened me up to be like, yeah. all right, girl, we got to declutter and dig. And you opened up. You, you, do you want to go deeper or do you just want to like, you know, close it up again? So it bringing up all these connections oh that we have gosh, with other people so and all true. this sometimes relationships and situations that are toxic as well. Yes. And that we haven't cleared. Yes. And sometimes it's things that other people do you know, not on purpose in a lot of ways, but it's also a lot of, mostly it's on our projections and yeah. our perceptions and what we take from situations. So yeah, I love the conversation with Christine because she was talking on things and I was like, yes, girl. I know. You're talking to me? I know. Is this, do you know what's been going on? It's that validation of like, oh, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. It's yeah. not, I, my experience isn't so unique right. to, my, you know, to myself. Right. And, and I would definitely encourage any of you all that felt um, a connection to her to definitely reach out. She has her Diosa tribe. And I think like she's very authentic about the work that she's Ooh, doing. Absolutely. And she's very committed. And because I think like especially the more that we get into like working with trauma and these deep seated wounds, it, you want to do it in a safe space and you want to do it with someone who is a safe person. And I know she's moved to Puerto Rico and mm -hmm. she's running her Diosa tribe from there. And she's doing, you know, a lot of work within the community. So I definitely, you know, would recommend you all reaching out if that if you feel so inclined. Yeah. Or like just reaching out to other people too yeah. that maybe resonate or their energies vibe with you. For you to also, if there's work that you feel that you need to do or work that's calling you, there might be a reason for yes. that. And really digging in deep and... Clearing out all these wounds and untying all these knots. Yes, for sure. So we hope that you all enjoyed this episode. Thank you again to Christine so, so much. You can follow us on Instagram at WaitHoldsUpPod. Shoot us an email, WaitHoldsUpPodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, lovelies, much love. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye.